Uh, there's a couple teams that are going to be in trouble. They're hurting, and and there's an interesting one on the list that we'll have to we'll have to get to because no, Kansas City's in bad shape. I, I I don't think that was one of the. T- oh. It might be one of the teams. I know if there's they, a major reduction in cap next year. They'll be in a lot of trouble because they only have. I think they legitimately what is it 177 dollars in cap space they had for a while. They may have restructured some no, contracts. They, they, but, they fixed it. Okay, good. But there's a lot of teams that if there's a reduction in salary cap, they'll have issues. It's just. Especially by the amount they're talking. That's crazy. There's a couple teams that uh, have severe, severe issues. Thanks. Teams don't know how to structure. Like, like, very severe. And we'll have to get to, there's, there's three teams in particular. Well, there's three teams in the negative, And you'll be surprised, not surprised about one of them. Because you love to bash them. And, but two of them are. I, I don't bash. You just like to I present. I don't bash. You just like to present a fact. I collect the facts and present them as they're real. Nobody, nobody in this day and age can take any kind of criticism without it being called bashing or any of any nature. And okay. sometimes it is. But even if you present facts now, people don't like it, and they need to go to their their safe place and and, and cry about it. Like 2010 was uncapped. I didn't know that. Interesting. The more you know, learn something new every day. It did, it did screw some teams over because of the uncapped year. They kind of... Yeah, you think? Went a little... Went crazy, and then they had to restructure everything the next year. But then your smarter teams said, you know... Yeah, we're not going to do craziness like that. All right, you ready? See? All right, let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and random happenings from around the world of sports. Good show planned for you. Uh, surprise to pretty much nobody who's been watching the baseball restart saga unfold. The MLB has declined the Players Association proposal for 114-game season. We'll get into that. It appears the Pittsburgh Pirates made a bad deal couple seasons ago when trading for pitcher Chris Archer, although anybody who'd actually watched Archer play could kind of say they got what they deserved. But first, looks like the NBA will be voting today on their restart plan. Uh, well, they, well, we're recording at one thirty right now, so they should be well Spoiler. into... Spoiler. Sorry. Break the fourth wall, man. Sorry. I just, just in case we get an update um, during the podcast. So they were, they were supposed to start the voting at 12.30. For the board of governors, uh, it looks like they're going to pass it. Even though there's some, as we discussed last episode, there's some rebuff but from teams that aren't included. Uh, Should have been better. You would have been included. Yeah. Sorry, I don't yeah. mean to. It's sports. It's competition. Be better. Stop complaining and be better. And I think, like we pointed out last time, um, the Western Conference is a lot closer at the bottom of the of the uh, conference than it is, and then it is East. So there's 13 teams going to. Uh, Orlando from the Western Conference, while there's nine going from the East. So, again, we've we brought this up last episode. We don't need to harp too much into it. It's it's going to pass. They need three-fourths vote, I think. Two-thirds or three-fourths vote. Regardless, they're going to get the voting. And there's a couple teams that are absolutely horrible 
because that's on purpose. So I don't see them having an issue with it, I don't think. I could be wrong, but it's, it's a moot point. They're all just going to fall in line and, and, and because they want to get back on the court and they don't want to lose this postseason. Because realistically, playing the postseason for the NBA helps the NBA as a whole. Oh, absolutely, of course. So it, felt, it helps the image of they're trying to get back on the court and actually play. Which, I mean, the worst thing the NBA has done during this entire entire shutdown, well, not shut down, they didn't shut down, but because of them, it was obviously because of the coronavirus. But the worst thing they've done is just have some teams kind of go, oh, we want to be included, but uh, okay, whatever, we'll, we'll go along with it. Right, because I can't even blame them for the no NBA draft, just because the most important part of the college season for basketball didn't happen. The March Madness. So they're just not doing a draft this year? Uh, they pushed it. I think. They oh, okay, so they pushed it. I mean, how do they not have a draft? I think they want to have the opportunity to get these kids on the court and see what they can do. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you'll see six, seven players' draft stock rise from the March Madness. Mm-hmm. From March Madness. So much, and, such a fun time of year, too. Right. And, and they didn't get that opportunity. So it sucks for them, and I think it was the right move for the NBA to push later into the – I don't think they have a confirmed date for that. But, now, if we get an update before we get off the off recording, then um, I'll, I'll give it to you, but... Yeah, the breaking news drop if we're going to record earlier in the day. Yeah, well, that'd be nice. I'll work on that. I'll work on that. i got some other stuff going on right now for the pod. I'll work on that. It's okay. It's okay. But that's, that's all I got on that, because there's really nothing nothing new to really report. Again, I just want to, I want to uh, commend the NBA for actually working with their players and their team, what they're called governors, the board of governors, not owners, governors, for actually working together to amicably agree on getting back on the court and playing. You know, they weren't just saying they want to do it and then <clears throat> pitching ideas they knew wouldn't pass to the other side. They actually both both sides worked together to make sure they could get back on the court and play and have a season. And, you know, sports, there's obviously things going on in the world right now that are obviously more important than sports, but sometimes you just need an outlet for a few hours. And I think a lot of these players are really on the forefront of, of trying to work with their communities to change. I think it would do a lot of good to actually see them live on a court, just just doing their thing, and then be able to come off the court and work in their communities to do more. Because the, the NBA is is... is very active at getting their players out there to try to make positive change, which I think is really good. But good for them. They did the exact opposite thing baseball did, which is actually try to play and not just money, money, give me more money, which is apparently what's going on now because the owners of the MLB have declined the Major League Baseball Players Association proposal for a 114-game season. Uh, it's not confirmed that the players' proposal for a 50 games, or excuse me, the owners' proposal for a 50 game season was declined. But you would have to assume, the way the two sides have been bickering like pissed off children, that well, the owners owners shot that down. Now the players are going to shoot this down. We're no closer than we were two and a half months ago. We're no closer than we were a couple weeks ago when this all started. But the NBA found a place, got a plan, worked with everybody. And I'd be shocked if by the end of today it's not passed and confirmed and they're just putting some little, you know, putting a puzzle piece together. Yeah. Baseball, we're no closer. 
and I mean, and we've done this every show. We're not going to stay on this for long because, quite frankly, you and I, no problem talking about any sports topic that needs to be discussed. But we have just disjustice to we're blue in the face, and baseball just does not get it. They do not understand that not playing this season for these reasons of money and not being able to agree on how much money everyone's going to make when you're talking a difference of millions of dollars here or there is going to hurt them badly. It may not be reversible this time. When they had their strike in 94, McGuire and Sosa brought them back a few years later. You don't have guys like that now. No. You don't have people, because as you've said, and as a lot of people have said, baseball cannot promote their own stars. They do not get their own star. Like the NBA, like the NFL, gets their stars out in the public eye. The stars get themselves out in the public eye. Baseball players, they really don't do that. Either the league doesn't do a good job helping them, or in the case of Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, they don't put themselves out there because they don't want to put themselves out there because their their mentality, their their I don't want to say attitude, but their how they present themselves as far as like to the public, they just they just don't want to. And I can understand that that they, if they don't want to do it, they don't want to do it. It's don't force them to do it, but you got to get those guys that want to do it. Which, you know, we appreciate what Trevor Bauer does for us as a community and as a society because he just lets it rip sometimes. And I don't think the MLB likes that. And but they don't do anything to to no to anything. help no. They and and you could probably get more players like that, but then you see the MLB or or let's be let's be fair, it may not just be MLB. It may be the union as well. Could be good, very well, could be because the union has a big hand in how things happen in Major League Baseball. And case in case in point, they just can't agree on a, a regular season. And it'd be honestly, it'd be ridiculous to start June thirtieth, which, by the way, is twenty six days from now, and to end the season October thirty first. Yeah, the, that the, just doesn't make sense. And, not, not in the climate we're in right now. And the regular season October thirty first. Then you have the playoffs. Yeah. In November. What about the season? What about the teams that play in cold climates what? with no domes? The only way that works is if they play somewhere in, in the South, like the Wide World of Sports Complex, which they were not smart enough to have the foresight to check on, even though even though they have a relationship with the facility. Right. Even then, though, it, even then, it's still, it's not like it's going to be sunshine and rainbows every day in Florida or or, or Arizona. So you... you I'm, I'm just going to restate it again for, like, I don't know, probably the 10th time. Uh, the season's over. Move on. You're going to get the NBA season. You're going to get a, a finish to the NHL season. And you're going to have an, a, an NFL season. Just concede MLB is not playing this season. I'm sorry. Even if they were to come back and say... Well, we, we figured it out. We're going to start mid mid July. We're going to have like a month uh, spring training. Essentially, we're going to the way they've been acting so far. Which that that scenario won't happen. They're done. They're not going to be able to agree. If they end up agreeing, it'll be like a forty game season 
because that's what they're getting down to now. Because they're in the time now they would be playing. And, like I said, they're no closer to getting back on the field now than they were two months ago. The players are just too concerned about money. And I just want to clear one thing up before I finish my point. Um, you say guys like Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, Mike Trout. We're not saying they're bad people. Uh, they actually do a lot of uh, good things for charity. For whatever reason, that does not get brought to the forefront the way it does when an NFL, NBA player does. And, and that's, not, that's not anybody's bias towards them. That's just the way the league promotes it. That's the way they promote themselves. And some of them, that's just the way they are. They just don't. They just don't want to be out there. They don't want to be out in the open. They don't want to be a face of the franchise. And that's fine. That's fine. If that's what you want, okay. Just understand your brand and your your sports brand is going to take a hit because your best player, Mike Trout, doesn't really want wants to be an introvert. He just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's perfectly yeah. said. And and then you just keep going down that list of and, and I we know what Bryce Harper, he's very enigmatic and 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 outspoken. So great you have him, but you you just keep going down the list of players that just don't want to put themselves out there and it's there's a lot more at the top 20 that don't as far as that do. And that's your problem. And look at the NBA. They're most I, I, not best player. They're most, I guess, uh, planet player, if you will. LeBron James. He is literally everywhere. Oh, yeah. And, but that's part of the process is that the player and the league have come together and say, we want you to promote yourself. Well, he's not only, yeah, like you say, he's not only talented, but he's a, he's a great self-promoter <laughs> on and off the court. And Giannis is probably... Uh, arguably probably the best player in the league. And Giannis has, over the past few years, his status has risen in the league as a player. He started to garner, I don't remember if he won the MVP last year. I think he did. But he was on full tilt to win it this year. And his profile has increased each and every year to the point where he will start to be more of a face of the the league. And that will be a point where the league has to say, okay, Giannis, which way are we going to go? And we know we know how the NBA is. They're very player-centric. So if Giannis doesn't want to, that's fine. But I see Giannis as a very outspoken individual that uh, wants to get his face in the public and be that, I guess, next LeBron James because we know he's not going to be around forever. Um. And then you continue that, you continue and continue and continue, you know, each and every year where you, these stars start to rise up. And and it's the opposite of Major League Baseball. There's your top 20 NBA players, and how many of them are tops on IG, Inst, uh, uh, Twitter, you know, doing commercials, doing TV spots. LeBron James has 16 different businesses, and I'm underselling them probably. It's probably got quite a bit more, yeah. So it's just a matter of their mentality of the player and the mentality of the league. Well, if, if I'm an, if I'm a major league baseball team owner, I don't I don't sign anybody to a contract that big if they're not prepared to be the face of my franchise. Because I, I, and I, like I agree 100 percent what you're saying. You guys like LeBron who want to be out there, who you know whether it's being out there for a charity or, or a cause. 
or being out there as part of uh, his movie studio or production studio or his mm-hmm. sports agency or whatever. Like, he's out there doing a whole bunch of different things. And you can like or dislike him based on his play for whatever reason. I don't know. I never think he's done. I, I look at it as somebody who's been a fan of the Patriots and has seen criticism that Tom Brady has faced for 20 years for, for no reason, nothing he did, just for being good. Like, dislike him on the field, that's fine. But like, the personal dislike people have for him is really funny to me. I don't, I don't get it. Like, LeBron's never done anything that makes me go, oh, God, LeBron James, oh, God, I can't stand that guy. Do I always care for the way he handled himself? No. I think it was a little BS the way he went from Cleveland to Miami and yes. made a big deal of it and, and left the, left the uh, Cavaliers hanging so he could, you know, I think the TV uh, spot present, was, presented on television. However, the then he took the proceeds from that television presentation and donated them to the Boys and Girls Club. So it's like, okay, that was kind of uh, annoying, but then you did something good with it. So it's like... This guy's got a good heart. He, he's a, he's I think at heart he's a really good. I obviously never met the guy, but I don't know. I, I I'm a fan of his as a person. And Giannis, I don't know a lot about him, but I've never heard anything egregious like he's out there, like I don't know, like punching babies or anything crazy like that. Like, so you have you have guys who are in the public eye yeah. who are, are really good people you want to have in the public eye. And baseball, like I said, I'm sure guys like Mike Trout and Mookie Betts are great guys. I mean, I know Mookie Betts does do some charity tournaments before the Red Sox stupidly traded him. But if you weren't a Sox fan from here, you wouldn't know that. Correct. Like, you wouldn't just see him in, in the public eye. And if I'm a team owner, I go to a guy and I say, hey, look, you want face of the franchise money. Are you prepared to get out there and be the face of this franchise? Because I'll pay you the money. You're worth it on the field. But I need you off the field also. I can't just have you, every time you're not playing... Go and hide away in your little $20 million bunker and then come out with your baseball glove when you want to play. Right. Like, I need you to be the face of the team. You're going to have a 10 or 12 year stretch as the face of this team. You're prepared to do that. I'll sign the check. But if not, it's, it's not going to work because I'm not going to have a team I can't market. Well, that's, that's unfortunately MLB in a nutshell. And that's been their problem for a long time. Long time. Forever. I, I mean, we're not even talking about the, the play on the field, which we don't want to get down that rabbit hole. But. They just don't market their players, and it's both sides, and it's probably partly the union's fault too. Now, I'll just for me, I'll end on this before we go to the the Chris Archer deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was going to say before before I got sidetracked because I, I tend to start talking about one thing and then I talk about nine other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually interested interested in the NBA right now. Like I said, I've said in past episodes, I haven't really watched because when they when they changed the format from minimum three years in college and then come to the NBA mm. to one year and then come to the NBA. It, it, it really it really took me out of it because I couldn't get behind the player in college. I used to love college basketball. Get behind the player in college and then watch him grow as an NBA player. And when they stopped that, I really I couldn't connect with anybody. But I'll tell you what, baseball's sitting there arguing about money over games, over stupid stuff. They can't get along. It's back and forth. They're using each other in the media. They're all acting like idiots. And then the NBA is like, yeah, okay, well, we want to play. We're going to work with our players. We're going to work with our owners. We're going to work with the union. We're going to work together and get back on the court. I want to watch live sports again. It's not the only thing in the world that matters, but I I really enjoy being able to unwind and watch something new. As much as I love Netflix and Hulu, you can only watch it so much, as you know. Yes. I'd be really interested to see. I, I would start watching, especially when it's... Uh, going to be essentially. I don't. We're not exactly sure of the, the absolute structure, but it's going to be essentially a, a play-in tournament, yeah. and then the actual playoffs and the champion will be crowned. You know, especially since 
March Madness, which, while I don't watch a lot of basketball, I do enjoy watching March Madness, since that got canceled, I'd, be, I'd really like to watch some basketball. Yeah. And uh, baseball? Go away for a year. Get your crap together. Hope you have not done irreversible damage to your brand and your league. And then come back in 2021 and try to not act like idiots the entire offseason. But I, I welcome the NBA back, and I, I honestly... I actually look forward to watching it for the first time in many years. I'll, I'll, I'll finish off with this. If, let's call it, I'd say, December. December, January. When we're we're slowly approaching spring training, or, well, pitchers and catchers report, uh, early Feb- February. And if you start hearing these little breadcrumbs of anything intimating amount around money, that should be your first red flag. Should be your first red flag. I don't know what it'll be, but somehow it, it, it will probably come from the owners first because they'll try to get some money back from the 2021 season before it even started to try to recoup some losses from 2020. If you start seeing some little breadcrumbs about money, then you, you know who to follow on Twitter. You know who to look at. Be aware that if that starts, I wouldn't be surprised to see a strike happen. And you know the union will throw up that wall the second owners try to pull money. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying. Well, of course they're going to try, yeah. They're going to, I feel like... You, you're gonna see maybe little breadcrumbs in December and January. What do, you, what do you mean breadcrumbs? Like what? Like like little little stories here and there that maybe this team is is the contract extension for player X that was projected to be whatever might not be as much, or if they're trying to work out some restructuring deal with player Y or Z, and it's like oh okay, I see where we're going with this, right? Or you. You start seeing them trying to renegotiate with ad deals in the market. So obviously we would only hear about Red Sox. So I I would be very active trying to see. Because if there's a team that's going to try to do this, it is the Boston Red Sox front office ownership. They will try to see where they can cut those little corners. They could have not not signed crappy players five years ago and wouldn't be in this mess I'm just saying, and and if they try to hire people back as part time, or they try to throw that seasonal tag on, because you know if you throw a seasonal tag on a job, there's a lot less, a lot less you need to pay out to that person. There's a lot. You talking less. about the players? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about like this. The, now oh, like stadium workers. I'm oh, okay. To yeah. Stadium I'm like workers. the contracts are signed. They can't do anything. Well, about I know. Those. I know. I'm talking about stadium workers. Like I'm telling you. They are going to try to lift up every cushion and try to find. And if you start seeing oh, sure. Little, sure. see little things here and there, it may start with the stadium workers, front office, ads. When they are not successful at trying to get back in the black, where's the last cushion they're going to look under? And the thing is, too, is like they can't, they can't – if the players are willing to get on the field – yeah. And they're going to play in the other spring training in the season and, and uh, assuming, and I, I'm hoping that obviously by, by spring of next year, this is all the virus stuff is in the rearview mirror. 
But if the players are going to get on the field and we're going to have a quote-unquote normal start and normal season, then, like I said, they can't they can't change current contracts. However, there's going to be smaller free agent contracts. Like, if you think you're going to go out after a season when there's been no revenue, and a guy like Mookie Betts thinks he's going to go out and get $400 million or $300 million, he's kidding himself. There's no way. Oh, and I agree. I agree. It's It's crazy. I think before we move on to Chris Archer, let's let's give a quick uh, quick update on our our first topic. Oh, already? As I said, as oh, I said, okay. I wanted to be very um, open about when we were recording. Yeah. Well, oh. people know it's a podcast. There's right, no, right, no right. secret to that. Um, twenty nine to one. Wow. Twenty nine. I assume I assume approved. Thumbs up. Oh yes, yeah. that's twenty nine to one. So um, is that one guy the same one who didn't vote vote Jeter unanimous in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. So let's let's not assume yet. Um, there are multiple places or multiple people saying two teams that did the one. Knicks and the Grizzlies. So until we get confirmed well, on that. You already stated last episode what kind of ownership the Knicks have. So it's not really I, governorship it, the Knicks have. Honestly, the, the the first one I saw was the Knicks. And I'm like, that doesn't shock me. No. Um, there was one that says Grizzlies. I, I don't know if it's Grizzlies or or um, the Net Knicks. But I, I, if you wanted, if you if you gave me, you said I had only one choice. I, I'd just go Knicks and just, I'd ride with that. But. That's interesting. I, it wasn't. It's not surprising though. I mean, twenty nine to one. Obviously, they crushed it. They they got the plan in place. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to basketball. Yeah, and hopefully by uh, my next episode on on Tuesday, we actually have the actual laid out plan, so we can right. discuss that and let you guys know when you can actually watch some live sports again. I mean, we got the teams um, already. The, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavs, Grizzly, Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, Suns from the Western, the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers, Nets, Magic, and Wizards from the Eastern Conference. So, and that's surprising that the someone said the Grizzlies voted no and they're, they're going. That's what I was thinking. Why are they, why are they in and they voted I, I don't no? Know. It doesn't make any sense. That's why I say we'll, we'll – when yeah. I do a post for the, because we're going to do a post for the, um, the governor's uh, vote, uh, I'll try to have an update if I have one on that post, saying which team voted no. I think it's okay. important. I think it's important. yeah for sure. You know what else is important, Chris? Not to make bad deals. And I think the the Pittsburgh Pirates made a bad deal. I think the Pittsburgh Pirates have, ever since. God, I don't know. They had Barry Bonds for a while, and then they had Andrew McCutcheon. And ever since then, they've just been, it's been bad deal after bad deal. Yeah, they can't uh, seem to get a competitive team on the field. So, so now they're without Chris Archer until twenty twenty one, which, by the way, doesn't really matter because twenty twenty is not going to happen. So that's irrelevant. But. The relevant part is he's out with some injury that was nagging him last year, if you read the reports correctly. And he wasn't getting it till uh, I guess, a day later. He wasn't getting any sort of pain after his starts. But that that's not the, the biggest point. The biggest point is, and I pointed out on the uh, rundown, 
I, I didn't know they gave up that much for him. They did. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, Shane uh, Baez has not hit the major leagues yet. Doesn't even, even if he's a flop, that's still... Even if Shane Baez, and I, I, have, I don't know much about this kid. I don't either. Even if he is an absolute, complete, 100% bust. They already won. They already won that trade in a landslide. Uh, Tyler Glasnow, I don't... I didn't recollect what his age was. He's young. I think he's... He's young. Mid to early 20s. Yeah. Austin Meadows is 25. Austin Meadows has already got an all-star appearance under his belt. And he'll have many more. By the way, full disclosure, I had Austin Meadows on my uh, fantasy team. I enjoyed his uh, long streak this year. Unfortunately, it dried up at the wrong time. Uh, But uh, 33 home runs, 89 RBIs, 291 batting average. By the way, full disclosure to everybody, I'll speak for myself, and I think Chris is on board with the same thing. We like to go with the old school stats on this, the whole sabermetric. Yeah, no, I don't. On-base percentage, on-base percentage plus, war, use the – I don't take a guy's uh, vitamin C content into account when I'm friggin' trying to see if he's going to be a good player on my fantasy team or in real life. Like, you, you look at the numbers. Look at the real stats, the tangible stats. And I get, I get that's like old way of thinking. It's like, oh well, you guys trash about baseball about being old. Well, I just think there's some stats out there that are just like UZR, ultimate defense rate. It's like, I, I, I what? They, 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 they have. What was one year? Mookie Betts was a negative UZR. It's like, or Jack? No, it was Jackie. Jackie was Jackie Bradley Jr. was negative UZR like two or three years ago. And if you're listening and you don't know what we're talking about. That's exactly the problem with sabermetrics because it changes all the time. Yes. And I want to say one thing. You just said people would say, well, you guys are going by old school, old school stats, and you say that baseball, old school baseball is bad. No, 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 no. We never said old school baseball was bad. We said baseball refuses to change for the positive. Old baseball games, you could turn on a baseball game from 15, 20 years ago, even an American League game. I push it back a little bit. Well, that's fine. But I'm kind of going back around, but at least on what I remember. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to get that game in in two and a half, three hours. Oh, Mark Burley. A, a, a National League team? Even less than that. Mark Burley. Yes. Yeah. Oh, two hours. And uh, and nothing, nothing, the problem we have is nothing seemed to change, but everything got longer. Everything got worse, which is why we're even saying, hey, make the game seven innings. you got to shorten them somehow. Apparently, we can't make these players hustle or hurry up at all. We have to have, because these players' contracts are so inflated, we have to have 46 commercials every three innings. Like, that's what's taken so damn long. And you have you have 20 years ago, you had a great game. That was America's pastime. And maybe a little longer ago than that. But nothing changed on the field as far as the actual fundamentals of the game. That's what I want back. I want back baseball I can watch in a, in a reasonable amount of time. I don't want to have to take six and a half hours to watch a Red Sox-Yankee game on a Friday night. That's ridiculous. Well, there's one thing that did change was over time that, that the shift kind of changed the game, if you will. The the not the not the regular shift like the crazy four guys on one side or three guys on one side or three outfielders on one side or or they took an infielder and put him in the outfield because the the, the percentages said that makes more sense. Okay, well, and all that that, that is what it is. If you want to, you know, you're going to line up players to try to get the outs, but you're not going to tell me a player shifting over 15 steps is going to increase the game by three hours. No, but it, the team. Well, Look, we're 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 looking at the small point of it. Realistically, the biggest point is 
the pitchers taking forever, the batters taking forever, just cleaning that up. And, and like, look at Chris Sale, and if you want to go back a little bit further, go look at Mark Burley. Got the ball, pitched it. Got mm-hmm. the ball, pitched it. Got the ball, pitched it. want to get into a rhythm, it. right. And that's what he was about. He was about he was a rhythm pitcher. And you, you want to go the opposite spectrum? Look at David Price. And that guy just takes forever and a day to set up. He has to sign a new contract in between pitches. He takes so long. So. I got to go on a little bit of a rant here. Okay. This trade. Yes. But I'm, I'm going to lay it out because we, we mentioned it kind of briefly, but I'm going to exactly say, okay. In 2018, I believe it was. Yes. So I didn't really get into that because I don't think, uh, I don't think Glasnow made the majors. I don't think they may have Austin Meadows in there. And Archer's numbers, they weren't – the ones you're looking at right now are not too much off of uh, the 2018. But in 2018, Chris Archer, for whatever reason, was a hot commodity. I don't know why. I've never, I've never understood that. And the Pittsburgh Pirates somehow – and it's right around the time, either a little bit before or after they, tra- they traded Garrett Cole to the Astros – decided it was smart to trade for Chris Archer. And, you know, you're right, Ben. I don't think that Glasnow was in the majors at that point. But that comes down to scouting. That comes down to knowing what you have on a player. Now, you cannot always tell exactly what you have on a player because bad deals are made and one-sided deals are made. But at the end of the day, you have to have a scouting department that can help you foresee what that player might become. And this is the exact reason why a team like Tampa Bay, who is a small market team, is competitive and can put a at least a, a, at minimum a decent team on the field every year because they can scout and they make smart decisions. They traded a guy like Archer, who, like I said, he was a hot commodity for some reason, and I, I can't explain why. I'm going I'm to go down. He started his first year was in 2012, and this is his record up until he was traded. 2012, he was one and three. 2013, he was nine and seven. 2014, he was ten and nine. The following year, 12 and 13. 2016, he was nine and 19. 2017, 10 and 12. And this is supposed to be a frontline stud. You trade three top prospects for. How, whoever in the the, the Pirates front office thought it was smart to trade three frontline guys should not only be fired. They should be banned from ever saying the word baseball again. Chris Archer was habitually mediocre. And now, two years after they trade for him, he has season-ending surgery. He can't play. Meanwhile, Austin Meadows looks like a star in the making. Tyler Glasnow wasn't for injury last year. Would have been a Cy Young contender because he was 6-1 with an ERA under 2 when he got hurt. And uh, Shane Baez, like I said, we don't, he's a top 100 prospect, which you know who knows what that will amount to, but looks like he could be a solid player. So the Rays have themselves set up now for four or five more years of, of competitive play and good production of those positions. And the Pirates have exactly what the Pirates have had, which is poor decisions and mediocrity. Can I add a little extra context for you? Please do, because I'll keep going if you don't. Um, Austin Meadows selected in the first round, ninth pick overall in his draft. Tyler Glasnow was a fifth-round pick. So that's a um, – you unearth a guy and you raise his profile – the gem. Shane, ba- Shane Baez, first round 12th pick. 
and 17. I didn't get the other one's years. And Shane Baez is currently 20 years old and is a pitcher. So, yet again, this is not the first time the Rays have done this. And this is what they have to do. Mm-hmm. Yet again, they get pitchers that they will bring up, use for their entire four, five, six years, sometimes six years, but usually it's five years, and then ship them out when the time comes, when that that dollar figure gets a little bit too heavy, and they'll make another deal to get another player in. And they've done this continuously each and every year. They ship, what was it, um, Barnes, 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 to the Cubs. Right. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, I don't either. This was years ago. Yeah. This is like when David Price just first came up, and it was Price and um, James Shields, and I can't forget the guy's name, but he ended his. I think he ended his career with the uh, the Giants. But they just said, oh, "We're good," because I, I think Chris Archer was one of these deals that they got back, right? For one of these other guys who they were now now James Shields went on and won a World Series with the um, White Sox. No, he won it with KC, I think. Kind of won it with both. He might have won it both. I know he's on the White Sox for a while. But I think he I think he only won it with Kansas City. But to my greater point, and this now now the the Rays have never have not won a series yet. They got close. They they played the Phillies one year in the series. But this is microcosm of what the Rays do. They they take what they have, and it, they they may know that player is done. They will ship him out of town, get the top market value for him, and get great return. Which, by the way, they've already surpassed the return you would you would want to get from Chris Archer by Austin Meadows having a All Star season. Tyler Glasnow hasn't having a stellar season until his injury. Uh, you were and, correct. It was Kansas City he won with James Shields, and then Shane Shane uh, Baz. I'm sorry, Shane Baz, who is a top 100 prospect, and I mean, who knows when he'll be up? Like I said, even if he completely flops, it's still a steal for the Rays. It is. It totally is. But he's 20 years old, so he's like four or five years younger than than the other two gentlemen. But Austin Meadows is a, a hitter, so he'll he'll he seems to have longevity. And Tyler, hopefully, his injury even if Tyler's injury problems continue, they'll just make him an opener, or they'll make him. A I still closer. hate that term so much. I know, I <sighs> hate it too. And then they'll take Shane Baz and, and and they'll turn him into a starter or whatever they're going to do. The, the 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 thing is, is they have so much flexibility because this is not just what the Rays have. They have all this other stuff. They pulled uh, Tommy Pham from um, St. Louis, and they put value into him. I think he went somewhere else. I'm not 100% sure, but they pulled him from St. Louis. They got a nice deal, and he produced for them for that time frame. It's just this this is the example of maximizing your players to produce on the field. Now, unfortunately, this is is also where the shift started in um, Tampa Bay with – Madden. Right. Joe Madden, yeah. Thank you. The Gene Hackman look like contest winner. Joe Madden. <laughs> it's not an insult. The man looks like Gene Hackman. That's true. Uh but this is this is where 
some teams get in the weeds, i.e. the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a terrible baseball team. Yes, they would be. Yeah. Um, but this is where they get a problem where they just they can't identify it correctly. No. And I don't – here's the problem. I don't know what they got for Cole, uh, for Garrett Cole. I have no clue. I'd have to look it up. But I don't know what they got for him. But this – this just rings true. I guess maybe because we're Red Sox fans, so we know what – we know the AL East a lot better than most other divisions. But they couldn't have gotten a whole lot. And you're going to you're gonna see in the next year or two some of their big hitters, they're going to have to make a decision on them. And the, and the one I'm thinking of the most is I think it's Bell. I can't remember his first name. He plays first base for the uh, for the uh, Pirates. Um, George? I want to say. George Bell? I don't want to say. I don't think it's George Bell. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the Pirates, for Garrett Cole, the yeah. Pirates got Joe Musgrove, Colin Moran, Michael Feliz, and prospect Jason Martin. Musgrove's got some starting time, and other guys haven't really made it. Done anything as of yeah? They could still be really young for all I know. They could be in and out of the minors. So I mean, not going to write the book on their career yet. But either way, isn't Musgrove what they got like Garrett Cole? I mean, isn't Musgrove on the shelf? I don't know. He could be. I'm not sure. I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I I, but, I know I've seen the name, but he's been up and down a couple times. I think he's on the shelf, which is it's it's. At the, end, at the end of the day, if you want, if you want to look at teams, Josh Bell, that, Josh Bell, there you go. Uh, if you want to look at teams that make the most out of what they have, even in small markets, by scouting well, by trading well, by using their talent to the best of their ability, you look at the Tampa Bay Rays and you look at the Oakland Athletics. Oh yeah, small ball, money ball. The, the A's have been doing it for decades now. They may not always win. They may not always be in contention. But they take nobody does more with less, and the Rays are right there on their tail as far as being in the most out of the least. And you want to look at how not to do things, how not to run a franchise. Look at teams like the Pirates, and I don't have any natural uh, like animosity as a sports fan towards Pittsburgh. No, uh, well, the Pirates at least. I'm not not really a fan of the Steelers being a Pats fan, but there's no there's no like there's no disdain there. But it's it's you get a star, you can't keep a star, you don't use them properly, you don't make the trades to put talent around them you need to put around them. You try to be as competitive as possible. They had a guy like uh, um, McCutcheon. God, how good was he in his prime? Great. Andrew McCutcheon was phenomenal. One of the top players in the league. And instead of trading him at the prime to try to get what they could, or trading other pieces to put something around him to be competitive, what do they do? Well, they just kind of let him, you know, wallow out there. And then he ends up leaving the team a couple years later when his skills diminish. The Rays wouldn't have done that. I think he got traded. Yeah, but he. But still, it wasn't. The point still stands though. They didn't do it when they should have. So, so we can equate this to we can we can equate this to another situation in a different sport. Larry Fitzgerald with this team. And I know the sports different, contracts are different, everything is different. I get it. They made a decision that. Oh, first off, Fitzgerald made a decision. He didn't want to go, right? Right. We understand that? Yep. This, the Cardinals, the Arizona Cardinals made a decision, okay, well, we're never going to trade him. So we just have to make sure we get the maximum value each and every right. year out of him. And we don't make a move just to get rid of him. And and I think that's the biggest point. Same thing with Patrick Peterson. 
That's what they're doing right yeah. now. They did the, all those rumors that were swirling yep. after his suspension was over. I mean, swirling, and he hasn't been traded. He's he he's not going to get. I don't think he's going to get traded. His contract's going to end, and I don't know what's going to happen after that. Um, but this is this is kind of the bigger point. It's you have to decide: Are you going to trade him or not? If you don't want to trade him, then you should have never traded him. You should have kept him in Pittsburgh. He could have been a beloved figure. I get what you want. You wanted to do. You wanted to try to get what you can out of him. But the Pirates got Kyle Crick and outfielder prospect Brian Reynolds, and this is they traded him in eighteen, I guess. And look, they haven't produced yet. And that's kind of why I'm not. I'm not exactly tearing the Red Sox up as much as a lot of people are for trading Mookie Betts. They knew they weren't going to re-sign Betts. Now I don't like Red Sox ownership. So there, there's, there's two sides to this one. I don't like Red Sox ownership at all. Love the team, but just the ownership is awful. But they knew they weren't giving him his $300, $400 million contract he wanted. They knew that. They weren't going to pay him that. So they got what they could out of him. Did they get enough for him? Well, time will tell because who knows. If, if, if Verdugo and the other kid they got for him end up actually doing something really good for the Sox, and we don't play 2020, and this season, does, and this season still counts, Mookie Betts could leave the Los Angeles Dodgers without ever playing a single out for them, and the Red Sox still get those players in return. My only my only issue was the uh, what was the trade? What was the the, the first trade um, with the Twins? For what it was it was uh, with the oh the three way trade they were trying yeah what was that was that San Diego or was that another I team? think it was Minnesota no what there was three teams it was uh, or was it no it was still the Dodgers it was still the Dodgers yeah. see. See, my problem is, is my problem is, is Alice Verdugo, not just the off-field issue that I have a huge problem with. I'm talking about the fact that when we were when we were going to start the season, he was already going to be on the shelf, and they knew that coming in. He had injuries last year. So the centerpiece of your deal was going to be on the shelf start the season. Yeah. And he already had an injury before that. And I, we don't know what the other two players is, and that's that's a, not a negative, not a positive. We just don't know because they're minor leaguers. One's a shortstop and one's a catcher or pitcher. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I believe he's a pitcher. I thought it was a catcher, but I'm not I don't sure. Know. I'm not sure. Regardless, the centerpiece of your deal and 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 the deal before uh, had Verdugo and then Ballister from um, the Twins, who had uh, issue concerns and I think it was weight concerns that the Red Sox had, which is fine. I get he was a hard thrower and <laughs> I have some weight concerns too, so I feel their pain. <laughs> and he was a hard thrower, and I, I I would have loved to have someone who can put up triple digits. But if there was concern, there was concern. We had that in Matt Barnes, and he hasn't done anything. Right. So, but if you had concerns with Ballister, why didn't you have concerns with Dallas Verdugo? Clearly that's they saw that's my problem. They clearly saw something in the medical reports that we weren't privy to. All I'm saying, and I, I do get weird. I get everybody's perspective on this because I love Mookie Betts too. But at the end of the day, they offered him a very nice contract, and he turned it down. And he turned it down. Yeah. He wanted his four hundred, three hundred fifty, four hundred million dollar deal. He wanted to be the highest paid player in the game. And realistically, you're talking about a guy who had a great year and a half, and besides that, after that, was just very good. So I know I know nobody wants to hear that. That's the unpopular opinion. 
Mookie Betts is Mike Trout. Um, first off, no. <laughs> no, he's not. He's very, very good. He's one of the top players in the game. But Mike Trout is an elite-level player on every level. Mookie Betts is close, but he's not quite there. But at the end of the day, the Sox traded somebody they weren't going to be able to re-sign when his value was still high. They, did, they didn't do that with Jackie Bradley Jr. And now they have a guy in Jackie Bradley Jr. who, while a great defender... Can't really hit consistently to save his life. And I love Jackie. I'm not I'm not trying to dog him or anything. But they should have traded him when he had his good offensive season. They didn't. So if they don't do that with Mookie, and Mookie comes out and hits 270 and 12 home runs, and then they can't get anything for him, and he's signed to an inflated $40 million a year contract, that's just a risk they weren't willing to take again. And I, I know they've made bad, um, bad signings when it comes to their pitchers. I'd be the first one to say that. David Price instead of Max Scherzer, still... Good teams get value when they can. And we're saying about Pittsburgh, like you said with McCutcheon, they didn't. And I think, if anything, you talking about the Cardinals and like Larry Fitzgerald and Patrick Peterson is more credit to the to, to, to the Cardinals because I think it's harder to, to win or put together a competitive team in football than it is baseball simply because in baseball you have revenue sharing, which I think you have in football too. But there's, there's no salary cap. Whatever money you can find, you can spend. Now, there is luxury tax after a certain point, but you can still spend a lot of money. In football, you're really kind of limited by the salary cap, Yeah. which we'll get into next episode. But it just goes to show you how it's not just one on the field. You have to have good scouting. You have to have uh, good management. You have to have people in the finance department who can structure it properly and make sure things fit together I mean, that itself is a thousand-piece puzzle. It takes an entire team to be competitive and put a winning product on the field. And uh, there's just certain teams that either don't get that or some just seem to not care. I'll link, I'll link it to this. And by the way, on Jackie, I told you how many times after that 18 World Series, yep. how many times did I say? All the time. This is the off-season to trade them. Never be more valuable than then. And what happened? A shit 2019 season, and you couldn't give him away right now. No. But I'll equate it to this. And if you're not a New England Patriots fan, you're going to hate my next statement because you do not like Bill Belichick. <laughs> but I love your bitterness. But what does Bill always do? Oh, uh, when? I mean, in, in, in regards to players. Uh, I was, my next one was going to be a little fashionable with no sleeves. No, but no, no, it's, no. it's a player thing now. Bill prefers to trade a year early. Oh, yeah. Then, then a year, year late. late. Right. Or, or yeah, and that's my <laughs> case point, is, is two players. Richard Seymour, Troy Brown. He was able to keep Troy Brown because, A, Troy Brown was loyal to the team. B, he could continue to have the good contracts. And Teddy Bursky falls in that same category. You know, loyal to the team, loyal to winning championships, uh, and was able to work out his deals each and every year. Richard won his money. And I, I, want Richard, I wanted Richard to get his money where he wanted to get it. And he went and got it from Oakland. And he traded him a year early. And it may have cost Bill that year... But it gave Bill draft capital, severe draft capital, a first-round pick. Yeah. I don't remember who that was. Was nah, it Hightower? It, was, it might have been Hightower or it might have been uh, uh, Chandler Jones. Regardless, 
as far as Troy Brown, Kevin Folk, Teddy Bruschi, never traded them. They got past to a point where it would have been more a detriment to the team to trade them than to keep them. And that's what some teams can't understand is I understand what the Pittsburgh Pirates got for Andrew McCutcheon from the Giants. But you traded him at least a year too late. And if you traded him a year too late and you got what you got for him, then you probably should have just said, you know what? We want Kutch to be a part of the franchise till he decides to retire. And we understand that he's going to have to finish out his contract, and I get it's going to be a lot of money. You signed that contract, agreeing upon it, so you understood that at some point you were going to have money issues. You traded Garrett Cole. You got some pieces for him. We don't know what they're going to be yet, but you got some pieces for him. Musgrove, I've seen a couple times. I think he hit the shelf a couple times. But he does have talent. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And yeah. as far as the other ones, we don't know yet. But you, you, it seems like you traded Cole at the right time. Mookie Betts' trade would have been the best at the trading deadline last year. You would have gotten two postseason, well, potentially two postseason runs with Mookie Betts. And the Red Sox were not going anywhere last year. No. Hey, you, you want a fun fact real quick before we wrap it up? Shoot. The Patriots in 2011 traded Richard Seymour to the Raiders mm-hmm. for their first round pick. Right. That was the 11th overall. Right. They ended up, you know, switching some things around and getting the 17th overall pick, which was Nate Solder. Oh, was Nate Solder? Nate Solder. However, did you know that because they went from 11 to 17, they oh. are still, as of this past draft. Oh, God, no. They are still, the deal that went down in 2011, reaping the rewards of that trade. So, so, so can I, can I? That, that, that trade, that lineage of that trade, I mean, the trade, yeah, essentially it was Richard Seymour for Nate Solder, whatever. Yeah, 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 I got you. But the lineage of that trade is still alive. So, that whole, that whole thread hasn't died yet because Belichick, he, he got like a first and a fourth. Okay, then he traded that fourth for uh, a fifth and a seventh. And then the next year he traded that fifth for a fourth the following year and then a sixth, you know. It's still going nine years later. He is still reaping the rewards of that. And that's where some some people in Boston, uh, again, I'm referring to radio. Some of you listen to radio. Uh, my partner here does not listen to radio because he hates the negativity. I understand. I'm a ray of sunshine. What can I say? Th- that is that that has been brought up multiple times, and it's it's brought up as a negative towards Bill Belichick because. He convolutes these trades so much that he continues to kick the can down the field that you can't track it. You can't. When he makes those moves, like he did this year, it's going to give you continuous moves. But we know what he's doing two things. He's trying to give value. He's also trying to convolute the trades, so you can't really track. Oh, well, we, we, got, we got value here. Oh, you, you messed up this trade. Well, no, because we got this for this, and then we moved this here, and then we got this, and we moved up, and then we moved down. I was like... And it gives you a popsicle headache. And you're just like <laughs> And most people just say the 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 tagline of Moach Patriot Pan in Bill We Trust. Do your job. And that's I actually I know people who aren't Patriots fans aren't gonna really care about this, but I am very curious and I'm gonna bring it up on next episode. I'm gonna do the entire lineage of the Seymour trade and see exactly every player they've got 
just from that one trade and the picks they've produced from that deal. It's got to be somewhere out there on the internet world. I, I'll find I, it and I will bring it up. And we'll discuss it a little bit. Not not a huge segment, a couple you know, it, short it, form discussion. But it'll be interesting to see how many players along those lines for that one deal have helped them throughout this whole championship run they've had. And we'll we'll just end with this, Chris. Um, the NBA has set the draft October fifteenth, and the draft lottery will be August twenty fifth. There you go. All right, NBA knows what they're doing. MLB, take notice. But that is going to wrap it up for us. And as always, we would love to hear your thoughts, opinions, or even questions on anything we talked about today. Ben, where can they do that? Well, they hit us up on Facebook. That's Ben and Chris Talk Sports or on Twitter at BCTS Pod. And coming very soon, I'm working on a website right now, bctspod.com. I don't really have too much more information besides that. Like I said, it's it's in the works right now, but we will... Be having a website with blogs and things of that nature coming very shortly, within within the next couple of weeks at the most. Uh, yours truly is not exactly technically inclined, so I'm doing the best I can. But until then, we thank you very much for listening. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay sane out there. And we'll see you right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.